Guys, good to be back in the Barrister's Gallery, and nice to see both of you. Mm, um, nice to see you, too. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I was excited to uh, come podcast this evening, uh, do it on a Friday. It's kind of a new feeling. Um, mm, getting ready for the weekend? Getting ready for the weekend, yeah. Um, but I, well, I actually, uh, I brought some gifts for you, two guys. Oh, I was I, wondering what was in yeah, that box. Yeah, and I, so this is, you know... This is a podcast. This is kind of a visual thing, but uh, okay, Bodhi. So, Matt, this is for you because it's a bottle opener. Oh, Saint Francis Tulsa Tough. Tulsa Tough bottle opener. That's yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, uh, uh, it's beautiful and it's uh, etched with the uh, Tulsa Tough logo, which is uh, very cool looking. I got to say that uh, Lauren Dodge handed that to me. She grabbed know. a bunch of them, and so now you have it. So that's your oh, gift. Oh well, thanks, Lauren. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I guess, and then Townsend, this this gift's for you. I actually, this is not from this trip. Uh, I had a, it was a buy one get one. Oh, and so that's the extra one. And all right, I, it's r- what I'm looking oh. at is a is a, a cardboard box about the size of a shoe box, but it. Oh, and I see the word fixo on there. Doesn't so this feel like Australia. it's got any shoes in it. Ah. But oh. it is a cap. It's a well, it's the hat. It's a a hat. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like a podium hat. A, it is a, a Formula One style podium. It hat. is a hell yeah in the Goodyear script. Yeah. Hell yeah hat. I saw you wearing this. I have. I have you, one. You have the other one. And uh, thank you, Bodie. You, this is the cellophane around yeah, the chicken that, here. That's probably so. Yeah. I mean. I mainly chose you, Townsend, over the, over Matt because I I don't think I've ever seen Matt wear a regular hat, but sometimes mm. I've seen T Bone wear a regular. I do. I like baseball a, cap. I like and, a uh, I like a flat brimmed baseball hat. And and to be fair, Townsend needs more protection from the sun up there than than I do. Very true. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why. So you know, yeah. we we can both match, and uh, you obviously imbibing the beers so you got the, the mm. bottle opener lovely um so yeah lovely. so these are a couple of gifts to you guys my Thank podcasting you. friends who I haven't seen in a while and, and 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 mostly i wanted to give these to you guys because you guys have been stuck in new orleans mm. these past few weeks um meanwhile while well, i've been out gallivanting in the rural part of kansas and oklahoma yeah that's it oh <laughs> <laughs> That's the punchline that you guys are in New Orleans and I'm in Oklahoma. Well, cheers. So good evening and welcome to episode 88 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Happy to be in town with you too. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. Welcome back from rural Oklahoma. And this is Sir Cheerio. Yeah, it's good to uh, have the full compliment in here. We were a little lost without you, Bodie. Yeah. No, you guys did all right. I mean, I didn't have to scream with the, the car too much uh, while listening to your episode without me. <laughs> And I was not in rural Oklahoma, though I was in Tulsa. It is a pretty major... Rural Kansas. Rural Kansas. Urban Oklahoma. Urban Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, we just heard a little audio from Crybaby Hill. I thought we just hit with that. Uh, We hit with Tulsa Tough right off the bat. 
Um, I wanted to get together and, and chat about it with you guys while it was still fresh in my head. It's almost been about a week, um, but it's quite an event. And I don't know, It's I think it's pretty unique on the American uh, domestic scene. I think there's a few events that are similar to it, um, but it really is out of the, any crit that I've been to, and I haven't been to a ton of huge uh, crits, but we watched a bunch on TV, uh, you know. Yep. The amount of spectators who attend these crits, all three crits, is, is pretty significant. And it is, the atmosphere is really pretty exciting uh, for a racer to, to race around with that many people. Um, and I just think that's a kind of a cool thing. And it's a fun, it's like I said, it's very fun to experience it as a bike racer. And specifically, um, as a Cat 3, when on the Friday evening kind of kickoff crit, you know, it's only the cat threes cat one twos and then the pro men and pro women so you're mm. really kind of like you're like a little bit of the appetizer warm-up for the crowd and you're, then the, you're the opening act yeah. yeah yeah it's like van halen in the 80s when they toured with the stones i think yeah i well oh, oh I'm, I'm thinking of uh you'd be the living color to the stones on the steel wheels tour uh, yeah i can see that i mean yeah. and also and also i gotta say on sunday with crybaby hill i would say peak crowd um at crybaby hill was around cat three cat one two race by the time the men were finishing up at four o'clock i think some of those college students had been out there since 10 o'clock and were drinking and uh we're pretty pretty tired and, and and out of there um so anyway i just uh, yeah i just wanted to kind of just briefly talk about tulsa tough and it's you know it's such a it was really cool it's three 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 days of crits um you know i really think it's something that happened because of a big buy-in with the city i think that's kind of the big the big thing that makes it work together is that the city really like mm-hmm. supports the event how many years going on now it's their 14th year yeah i knew so, it'd been going on for a for a while and i think that you could say they have been i don't know i mean there's actually a good podcast with the guy who started it um him and dave told it a podcast but he kind of talks about some of the actually economic development in downtown tulsa that has maybe happened in tandem with these these events that happen there and mm-hmm. uh you know uh on on Friday night, even like Emily was talking about the amount of people she was just you know she's walking around watching the races and and the amount of spectators that you come across you're like so wait what's going on here like how long are they racing like who's winning like is yeah. that guy winning and like the idea that you have so many people who don't really know mm-hmm. about bike racing but who come down because it is a big event in the city and that's just really cool to see and I would suggest people try and make it up there one year yeah. Um, it looked it looked fantastic. I mean, of course, we were watching you racing on TV. Yeah, which I mean, is that pretty was, awesome. Yeah, and that atmosphere does translate, I think, Definitely. pretty well on on the the TV coverage. I mean, you really can see the crowds, and they do a good job of integrating that and and just you know the the sweeping shots of the race as it goes around that that Friday evening circuit. You really do see a lot of people watching the race. And yeah, Bodie, uh, you got some good screen time mm-hmm. on on Friday evening. Uh, I guess your, your your biggest screen moment though was in the Saturday, the Saturday crit. <laughs> yeah, you took a flyer off the front. I took a flyer off the front. I mean, solo flyer um, for about 500 meters, maybe 250 yeah. meters. Not but not long, but long enough for the camera to grab you <laughs> and uh, and zoom in on you, and you're re- looking resplendent yeah. in your blue Urban South jersey. Good screen time for the sponsors back home. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was nice. You got a you got a little gap for a minute. You got chased down pretty quickly, uh, but you stayed you stayed toward the front of the field. 
I think that was probably your best your best day was that Saturday race, right? You you had a mechanical on Friday toward the end of the race. You you kicked your skewer loose. Yeah. Do I we mean, want do we want to talk yeah, about that? Let, let's, oh yes. Let's, let's go into let's go into my my experience yeah. um, of the whole event. I mean, look, first of all, uh, every day that we race in the Cat Three fields, there's a hundred over a hundred people, yep. which is amazing. Which I mean, is insane. It's bonkers. From I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, also, like you know, I was not going there to win um these races i didn't think that that was even achievable and i still don't think it was i do think that maybe i could have done better i think i think it was was a total like culture shock not culture but just like a shock to the system wow jump in on friday kind of scary um but then you're like oh crap like um this is not like it's not too fast for me yeah Mm -hmm. so so you were in it you were you were you were in the top third of the field which is in a field that size i'm guessing where you needed to be because the field was so big, as you talk about, hundred plus people. Um, you've got the front of the race going around, you know, the 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 next corner before the back of the race gets around the previous corner. So if you're stuck in oh, the back, you're a couple you're, of corners. Yeah. I mean, it's it's strung out, and you know, it's so that was a real. So here's the thing: is like your race started at six, at five thirty. There was they had these little uh, staging corrals at mm-hmm. five thirty. You know, the staging corral was. 30, 40, 50 riders deep and you're standing out there in the sun mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh crap. Like I'm still on the course warming up on the course and I'm like, I got to go back to my car and I like got to get like, completely ready and, and like get Emily, you know, to get me an ice sock and get a cold water and then you get back to the staging corral and it's even more full and you're like, well shit, it's still a half an hour before our race starts and you're just standing there in so, the sun. So no call-ups. It was basically first no. come, first served. Yeah, exactly. First come, first first served. So yeah, I mean that that was a whole. And I we did that on Saturday. It was I got a little bit closer to the front because I knew, but still, once again, like even like 45 minutes before the race started, people were lining up, and it was like I. Luckily, we got an umbrella um, from our host house, and Emily stood next to me holding an umbrella. While totally I stood. pro. Totally totally pro. Speaking was, of Formula One, that's yeah. Formula One pro. Umbrella girl. I did not. Eat, I, I was like, I don't want that. I, I like it feels like it feels too pro. Like I'm just a <laughs> piece of shit cat three. But then I, you get up there and there's no shade and it's hot and everybody else is an umbrella. So we're like, yeah, fuck it. All right. So yeah, on Friday, um, you know, kind of getting used to the big crowds, getting used to moving up, you know, burned a few matches earlier to kind of get up to the top third. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of, if you don't watch out, you drift back. You just, you just drift back. And I noticed that. Let's say I, you're either moving forward or yeah. you're moving backwards, right? Yeah. And uh, I just noticed in a few turns that my my rear wheel was like skipping. And I was like, that's that's weird. Mm. And I remembered Townsend and you were there after crit champs after the race was over. My rear wheel was completely out of the dropout. It was just sitting in there. And so I had that thought in my head. Holy shit. Uh, my wheel is loose and I kind of backed off for a bit and I was like, well, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe I'm taking these turns too crazy. I'm, I'm dive bombing them. And I slowed down and, and, uh, yep. Still sure enough, it was, it was definitely, um, skipping. So, and it was, it was five to go or less than five to go. So no more, no more free laps. So I came through at five to go. I kind of had drifted to the back. I stopped at the pit and they're like, no more free laps. And I was like, yeah. I'm Safety like, I, first, though. I was just like, I just have to tighten my skewer. It's yep. loose. And so I jumped on. They're like, you're chasing. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And I jump on. I did one lap. They pulled me. Um, so that was like, I don't know. I was a little bummed because I felt my legs felt great. Um, and I just happened to have an issue that I, I'd caused. But whatever. So 
Yeah, so that was that was kind of a fun uh, way to get into it, and then Saturday. Well, uh, well, before, before we get to Saturday, oh, yeah, let's not leave that. Let's because, not leave Skewergate. Okay, uh, just yet. Yeah, yeah. all right. Because yeah. you had some lessons learned in this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lesson learned. So was what? Let's let's set this up though real quick. <laughs> so everybody knows <laughs> that, that the that the <laughs> everybody knows that the that the pro way to place your rear skewer. Mm-hmm. Is in between the the rear triangle, right? You tighten yeah, your score down, yeah. right? That's what that's that's the conventional wisdom. But Bodie, you discovered that the the, the shape of your skewer and the the size of your uh, shoes, uh, your skewer in that in that sort of front, I guess you would call it, if you're looking at it from the side, it would be about roughly the ten o'clock position. Yeah. is not the spot for your skewer. You need to go with the with the non pro setback skewer right you need to set your skewer at about two o'clock to avoid kicking it matt's rolling his eyes he's got another thought about this but <laughs> i've seen the thoughts. instagram story i've seen the video yeah. and i've seen what happens when your skewer is in that position uh I, I didn't see that i didn't see there was an actual like was the video of, of how yeah this there was works. there was there was proof there was me showing you how my shoe actually could kick the skewer yeah Okay. Well, one thing you said that was was a complete fallacy was about you're having a small frame on your bike because the distance there between the 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 chainstay length is the same on my bike as it is on yes, your bike. Yes, because the wheel doesn't get the wheel is the same no. size. Yeah, you don't right. run unless you're running six fifties on there. Well, I blame Thomas for putting that in my head. <laughs> or no, other, I blame someone else for putting that in my head. And you're running in theory, like you'd be running shorter cranks than me, right? I run one seventy fives. You probably run one seventy two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have the same size foot. And the other thought I had is either you, unless you have your cleats really far forward on your shoe, um, which is not kind of the current, uh, people tend to run them further back these days. Um, so if they're further back, you're saying your shoe would you be further forward. Further, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. But then the other thing is, is what kind of skewer did you have? Well, that's, I think that's the thing. It's the, it's the profile of the skewer. Bodie, mm-hmm. it looked like your skewer, as opposed to tapering in, inward, it looked like that skewer actually sort of tapered the, the outward tip a little bit. bit. The tip pushes out. It's an eastern skewer out. on those vision wheels. Um, anyway, what I did, instead of pointing it directly back, you know, which then can get knocked loose by someone else's front wheel, sure. um, as it pointed out to me by Brian Mutel, who hit me up on Instagram, kind of answered my call, uh, I went up with the kind of 12 o'clock position and mm-hmm. uh, wrenched it down super tight for Saturday and no other, you know, loose wheel issues. So, yeah. yeah. So Saturday, a uh, little more little, little, little more confidence about being in a big crowd, still a huge crowd. Uh, we stood around for 45 minutes. So I did put on that tack because I, I found a way to get right to the front in like lap two. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let me go off the front. And I mean, I, admittedly, I kind of did it for some TV time. I Why actually not? was like wanting to do it for my host, the people who were hosting us. Mm-hmm. A shout out to Dan and Amy Joy. They're awesome. I was like, I mean, you know, they're hosting us. Like, how fun is it? The people they're hosting are like kind of at the front of the race. Yeah. So I went off the front and also just kind of wanted to stretch my legs and warm up a bit. We've been standing for 45 minutes. Um, but maybe, I don't know. I got caught fairly quickly and that was fine. And then that, that race, didn't realize it was going to be an hour long. Mm. We raced for 40 minutes on Friday. Uh, Saturday turns out to be a longer race for everybody across the board. It's actually on the schedule. I just didn't pay attention. Oh, So I would have gone for a fresh ice pack and another, like two bottles of water, because it was it was like Lambert-Crit champs heat on, yeah. on Saturday. Um, and that little hill going up to Sound Pony, like just really wore on you after a while. 
Um, survive that race. Tricky uh, turn one. Was it turn one? Oh, it was yeah, a turn tricky one. one. Was brutal. A lot of people were going off. Oops, were hitting the curb or going off onto the grass. A little there. bit tight. A little bit tight. Super in that tight. Turn, got right? real narrow. And uh, I mean, you know, that's the thing about these these big crits and and all those people is you really get that yo-yo effect. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really evident where if you're at the front of the race, you can kind of keep your speed and go through the turn, but the farther back you get, I mean, you're you're hitting your brakes hard coming into a turn on a crit, and it's just like you're trying to not, I'm trying to be like Adam Meyerson and just like not break at all, and you're mm. just like trying to edge up on people's asses and like just so you don't waste that momentum. Um, and yeah, that was rough, and then we saw later in the pro race a, big crash happened there Mm -hmm. so once i mean just like a lot of lessons learned i mean definitely you know we've we've said this before it pays to be at the front if you can and you but you also got to be smart about it and not waste all your energy yeah um but yeah that was my kind of my best finish of the day of of the weekend and i was pretty proud to you know i was i was not at the front the the pack definitely split up in two or three groups uh that last lap and i was like probably the third group but a finish you know 44th out of 100 and something um yeah. Pretty awesome. And then Sunday was Crybaby Hill. And I got to tell you, Sunday morning, I was cracked. I was cracked because I stayed up. Like we were, I was also photographing. So after my race, I'm standing around, watching the races, taking photos, wandering around the courses. Saturday, we were there till like 9 o'clock. And I had raced at, I believe, 3. Yeah. Or even earlier than that. So, yeah, 3 o'clock. And I was, we were there till like 9.30. So just like six hours on your feet. And Sunday, I was just done. And uh, I got to... Give a big shout out to Emily, uh, who like quickly and deftly went into support role after Kanza and was like totally there for me. Like, get me eye socks, get me cold water, like get just be- helping me out. Uh, it was major help, but uh, I didn't. I was like, I don't know if I want to race. Yeah, it was kind of rainy. It actually rained Sunday. Um, and I was like feeling pretty tired, but you know what? You suit up, you're there, you suit up, you start, you go, you stand in line and the sun came out and it dried up. And, uh, that was, that, that course, Crabby Hill, it was called the river park, river parks criterium. Uh, it's brutal. It's super hard. Mm-hmm. And it is the hardest part to me. wasn't Crabby Hill, although that is really hard, but the hardest part was that downhill before oh, yeah. the start finish. That was a decreasing radius turn. That right-hander took and, a lot of people out. Yeah, and you you because you had to brake. You broke. You hit your brakes so much on that turn in a huge group that then you were sprinting out of that turn again. So if anybody wants to know like some of my power numbers, it was you know every time up Crabbery Hill was like a seven hundred peak watt effort. Like that was kind of what you had to do to get over that hill. Um, and we did it. I did it sixteen or seventeen times. So if that, you know, is any idea of, but my like highest power outage was coming out of turn four or the last turn for the finish, like sprinting back on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that, that course was super tough and I, uh, almost, almost did it, almost made it. I uh, got pulled at five to go. Um, I feel like maybe I could survive to the end of that race. And that's kind of now like a goal of mine. Like, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, well, I was watching it. I was super impressed with how long you did hang in there because that that hill is no joke. And, you know, as we saw in other races, the people who were dominating in some of the other races were getting dropped in that race. Yeah. Yeah. Bodie, were you were you taking the hand ups? Uh, oh. I, I did at the end. Well, I mean, so 
I gotta say, okay, going up Crybaby Hill was super rad because the that was when it was like really packed and it was like a wall of sound and it was just people were screaming and yelling and you know that was really fucking cool and never raced in anything like that before. I'm never assuming. raced anything that amount of people um, giving high fives like in the like. There's a great photo that Emily posted like like the first part of the race. I'm just you're just giving it high fives like people are handing out dollars. I mean there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of money in our race. I actually tried to take a hand up early on, and someone pulled it back. Mm. Like it wasn't a hand up; they were just like hanging out over the barriers with their <laughs> drink. And then I was like, "Yeah, I'll take that drink." And I'm still feeling good. I just wanted I wanted to grab a hand up. Yeah. Um, and they they pulled it back. Um, but yeah, once once you know, I was pretty exhausted. I was like, "All right, I'm probably gonna get dropped soon." But you want to do it where you you want to. You want to go back. You don't want to like get dropped before Crab of a Hill, so they pull you out. Mm. You want to get dropped like at the beginning of the uh, Crab of a Hill, like when the lights go out at the base. So then you can at least do your sort of like, what do you call that? Um, victory lap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quote unquote victory lap up Crab of a Hill and, and take in the spoils. And, and I did. And you did. And not only did you do it, you yeah. got on TV and Frankie Andreo called you out. He did. He did. It was pretty awesome. I actually watched it later on. Um, yeah, you, that was you got great. Two, you got two name checks in that race. I did get two. Yeah, because I actually took a free lap my first time ever. Got yep. caught up in a crash, an uphill crash. It was ridiculous. Um, so a lot of first. Uh, so it was just like a super fun experience. And I was thinking today, like, there's like you know we talk a lot about like why why events like Dirty Kanza are so popular and, and it's because like everybody can experience you mm-hmm. know the event like it doesn't matter how fast you are to a certain extent like an event like Tulsa Tough does serve a certain part of the population uh, of our skill of riders and I, I kind of I my experience was like someone going to Dirty Kanza and be like, I just rode the same course as the pros. Like I just rode the same course with as a world tour pro. Like I went and did Crab of a Hill with all the freaking pros and mm-hmm. you know, I did my own race and, but I got to experience the crowds and like the crazy climbs and the downhills. And I took a free lap, you know, I just got the whole like right. criterium experience. And so, well, let's, I, I think um, this came up actually in something else I was listening to recently where it was, it was basically saying like, there aren't many sports, you know, there's very few sports where it's not like you're going to get to play at the Neukamp ever. You know, you might play in a in a soccer league, but you're never going to get to play in, in Barcelona. Is that like the stadium. Superdome? It's Barcelona's stadium okay. or whatever. Or like you're never going to play at Anfield, you know, Liverpool stadium. So it's like you won't ever get the chance to do yeah. that not being a professional. But in cycling, you do get the chance to do that. You can ride those same roads, those same yeah. climbs, those same circuits, you know. You could you could do the San Marino uh, um, Milan San Remo finish if you wanted. You know, you could you can go and ride the, you know, the the sportive at Paris-Roubaix and, and end up in the velodrome. You get to do all of that stuff. Well, yeah, and in this cool. case, Bodie, you're getting to ride it, you know, just a few hours before the pros ride it with, as you've described, the, the crowds that are there to see some of these guys um, cheering you on. So, again, it's 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 more akin to the, yeah. to the opening band, you know, the opening act for a huge rock and roll band. You're playing right. in front of the same crowd that they're getting same ready stage. to play in front of. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... And, and, it's, I just got to say, it was, it, was, it was really cool. Just a whole new experience for me. Learned so much. Um, then I'm like, dang, you know, next year I kind of want to do this again. And you, you realize that Oklahoma City Classic was the weekend before. Also had three uh, days of crits. Wow. Also similar size field. It's like, man, you can make a whole, like, 
six races and in, in, mm-hmm. in a 10-day in a period? period. Like, yeah. dang, maybe that's my new trip next year. Skip Kanza. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, speaking of riding the same course as the pros, moments before the pros ride the courses, there were pro races in Tulsa. USA Crits did their installment on Friday night. Yeah, right? Friday was, night. So that first race was the was the USA Crits installment. That race was won in in blazing fashion by Justin Williams, uh, current U.S. Crit amateur crit champion yeah and road uh that's right yep and uh he had his team there which is called legion of la legion of la uh stealth looking black black kits black and like blue highlights uh they came to the front in that race with about five laps to go and just full-on de kooning lead yeah just sat on it and bossed it they didn't actually end up leading him out it was weird they just controlled the race toward the end i guess so that no one really got away Kept the pace high so nobody could get kept the pace high and then justin williams just really freelanced a, a pretty impressive sprint um, friend of the podcast, Tom Gibbons, was in contest for that. I think finished sixth, sixth that night. Yep. Uh, but it was, uh, man, I'll tell you what, it was not a twilight affair. It was downright dark by the time they were oh, done. Yeah. Uh, in fact, most of that race was, uh, was at night. Some really epic uh, drone shots from, from high above mm-hmm. showing this uh, field just snaking through the, the lit up streets of downtown Tulsa. Uh, really just looked like a swarm of bees going around the course from from uh, high above. It was big, big pro field. Really, really cool footage. And, yeah, uh, and, and also, yeah, I mean, like, we've seen a bunch of these races where the feed goes out and all yeah. that kind of stuff. There were no technical no, issues nice. No, the feed was great. They, they did kept going to that split-screen view that I thought was a little bit underwhelming because it was... Well, with the crazy rainbow effect, which was, like, oh, making... Yeah. <laughs> yeah that they, was a li- that, that, I, I mean, thought that was a glitch at first. From but, a design point of view, it left a little to be desired, yeah, especially the crybaby kinda, stage with that doll, which was really creepy. Yeah, um, yeah. Made it made it hard to focus on either one of the images that they were yeah, that they were showing. But in any event, that's that's small potatoes. Mm-hmm. Great coverage, yes, all weekend long. Uh, and uh, and yeah, Bodie, you were there. I'm assuming you watched the race and you had some you had some notes or some points you wanted yeah. to make about Justin Williams and his team and that Friday night pro race. Well, I mean, I, yeah. So this is like so this is like race and then like try and get get into photographer mode and like get cleaned up and, mm-hmm. and really which i struggle with but uh yeah just to talk about justin williams you know his team he we haven't we've seen him race this year i think he did el paso for usa crits i'm trying to remember what other race he's done he hasn't been at a ton of the big races and we really haven't seen him bring out a full squad right and they've been you know legion has been racing in those rafa club kits mm-hmm. um now they've got their their kit up and so it was it was cool to see that um i mean i gotta say that everybody was stoked that he won and i'm talking about like all the the other racers mm-hmm. and the fans immediately there i mean it's it's cool to see you know justin williams started this team the concept team i guess like two years ago or a year ago and and kind of just decided to kind of like threw all like things out out the uh, door and was like, I want to start a team that's like going to be like the sponsors that I want. And you're not even to get naming rights. Like 
you're going to sponsor us, but like, we're not going to put your logo on our Jersey. Like that's kind of how it started. And so it was like, he was able to curate everything that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. And then, you know, he's grown that to Legion of LA and obviously they're sponsored by Rafa and, and I think Canon specialized. Oh, is it, is it specialized? Yep. Oh yeah. Cause so there, there was that There's video that, well that, that basically, yeah, that article and everything, you know, that about, video that came out about how he, you know, representation and like how it matters and he didn't see himself in the sport and it was kind of hard to fit in and, and it, he just kind of did it his own way. So I think it's really cool to see that kind of come to fruition. I mean, those are big sponsors. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and it shows that you, you know, like you, you kind of have a, you, you stick to what you're, you believe in and, 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 and you, you can find a way you put in the work. And so that was really cool to see that. And, you know, his brother, Corey Williams, I think was on Elevate last year. And what's funny is a couple people are like, ah, you know, you see on the internet, they got a, uh, Justin Williams going to go on a Tour de France team. Like someone's got to pick this kid up. And like, people are like, no, you know that he's like 30 years old. Like yeah. Justin Williams been around. Like, yeah, yeah. And he pointed out because there was like, I didn't listen to the live stream, but I guess, you know, uh, Frankie Andre- Andreo was sort of kind of downplaying like his win and that was like he won because someone else caused a mistake and he was like, whatever they, they were on social media, he was like, yo, we made up and like Frankie Andreo, like he has my back. He was my director on rock racing. I forget that Justin Williams is on rock racing, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of unique. So he, he has a history. Um, it's cool. I don't know. It's just cool to see this happen. And it was very tangible, like on the ground, like how much everybody in the Peloton was stoked that he did that. He won. And then he won again. And like, that was a cool thing to see. Won again Um, on Saturday. He won again on Saturday. Um, I think it kind of knew that he wasn't going to win on Sunday. He's not not the punchy sort of climber type to get over Crybaby Hill like that. I think he finished 15th, whatever. I mean, you know, he's strong. It's just, yeah. I mean, and so Sam Bassetti, who finished second, I believe, both days and then took, you know, had a big enough gap in in terms of placings to take the overall Omnium, you know, for Elevate. And Elevate has been really, they've been killing it this year. They've, like, pretty much won everything. You know, I was thinking about how, you know, we're, we're in the domestic crit scene, the, you know, the blue train's gone, Rally's not even there anymore. Uh, Elevate, I think, has really stepped in as the, as the big team. And the, and the Hincapi, which is now, what are they called now? Arapaho. Arapaho. I mean, very few of them have been showing up. Yeah, to... like they had two people at this race. I mean, because they're, they're over in, in Europe and, and so is Rally. So it's, it's interesting. So it's kind of cool on one hand that Legion is kind of coming in as another big uh, team. I think it's to, great. To challenge, elevate. Um, you know, our friend Tom, son, on, on Friday, like, you know, he was at the, off the back, you know, and he kind of, he's like, he didn't really, he's like, I was kind of in a weird headspace, didn't sleep very much the night before, but kudos to him, because he went from they just, like, they driven, are they just driven there? Or no, they, they flew, flew in. there. They flew in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he worked his way up to the front over the course of two laps where he must have just laid it out and just blown everything up. Yeah, because he was way off the back. Way off yeah. the back. And uh, in the leader's jersey, uh, he was talking about how he was like having to fight people for lines, and he was like, "Dude, look at like I'm, don't like let me in." Like, yeah. Anyway, so you look at the live stream. He came from way back to get six. Like he was not in that yeah. front group. Yep. Um, unfortunately, Tom crashed with one lap to go on 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 Saturday. Pretty pretty like tough looking crash. Looking crash. Yeah. yeah, that was that was brutal. Um, I yeah, I saw on the live stream after, and he like got ran over by yes. a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, his, it, was, uh, his, it did not look good um, from on, on TV at all. His uh, Abus helmet did its job. Definitely did. Although he did suffer a 
mild concussion. Sounds like mild concussion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, so we left him on Saturday. You know, he got checked out, and uh, then he they he got checked, cleaned up for his his cuts and bruises and stuff, his road mm-hmm. rash, and then he was like, I'm not feeling so well, and kind of went back to medical, and they're like you should go to the, the ER and it, it sounded like everything was okay, but they wanted to double check that. And that's great. Yeah. Um, speaking of automatic, uh, Lauren had a pretty good weekend. You know, we, she's had some issues with asthma and those mm-hmm. she's kind of get that under control and she was finishing races and uh, I think she was having fun out there. So good to see that. Yep. Um, just, well, and yeah, before we leave automatic, they've got, uh, just quick shout out for anybody that's interested i think we're all gonna jump on this oh yeah uh, they've got their uh, jersey uh, or their kit is yeah. available uh online now they've got a store yeah. opened up uh through pactimo yes is their jer- their kit sponsor and they're selling uh selling jerseys bibs and skin suits yes and, you can uh, wear the full kit wear the full support kit them. if you want we're yeah. going to support them we're going to be getting our automatic jerseys and uh, we can post a link to that on the uh, on the Yay You Ride website as well, or yeah. uh, on Instagram. So speaking of uh, Tom, um, he still maintains his lead in USA Crits um, with a pretty commanding lead over number two Connor Sally for Butcher Box, mm-hmm. and Danny Summerhill is in third for Texas Roadhouse. Um, so you know, Tom had made a deprecating comment about it's like a participation award um but uh, you know it's, I, I don't think so it's i don't like, think so either you gotta consider it it's like a stage race and it's like you don't win every stage but yep. you still if you come out on top solid finishes just. yeah but and and but also we know that from uh, you know previous episodes of the podcast thomas said this is a season goal of his is yeah. to win that usa yep. crits overall so um hey he's on he, target he's on target and they've got a pretty gnarly schedule coming up mm-hmm. um where it literally is every weekend, it's all across the country. Um, that's kind of after we got Amateur Nats coming up. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to get... And he's going to th- have some backup there at Amateur Nats with his teammate, Ant Yaquez, right? Yeah, Anthony Yaquez. Yeah, yep. so he'll have some teammates, which is great to see. Um, I want to just brief, I want to touch on the women's side of things. Um, in, in USA Crits, leading the overall is Starla Tedegren for Hoggins Roman Supermint. They, so what well, the funny thing is we showed up to our host housing in Tulsa and I was like, do you guys have anybody else staying with you? Cause, uh, Amy and Dan often host, uh, cyclists and racers and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got a, these, uh, photographer photography duo, uh, Nathan and Morley. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Like I know Nathan and Morley, they do snowy mountain photography. If you follow mm-hmm. them on Instagram, they are, they have been shooting for Hoggins Berman Superman for a couple of years now. Super nice folks. Um, really enjoyed staying with them and just uh, you know shooting the shit about photography and, and, and working with teams and I learned a lot from them. Um, but they cover Superman and they were just saying that you know they came full squad for this weekend and didn't really come away with the goods. I don't they didn't have any wins. I don't know if they even got on the podium. They might have on the podium once, but still maintaining the lead uh, for USA Crits uh, in first and second. Lily Williams was second. And also the team, so you know, not not a great weekend, but they did all right. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the one of the bigger stories was Peter Mullins, who used to ride for Supermint, is now kind of she was not able to commit to a full season with Supermint mm-hmm. uh, this year, so kind of started her own squad. And but they came over for Oklahoma City and Tulsa Tough, and they went one, two, and three, I believe, on Saturday. What what team is that? Rock Salt Attacker. Oh, they're the ones that, that those the ones with my uh, attacker. with yeah. my uh, with my. Uh, I love their kits. I've, mm. I think I've commented on those in the past. It's sort of a 
multicolored, sort yep. of wild looking kit, designy looking kit. Yeah. So I mean, an all Aussie squad, if I'm not wrong, or at least mostly Aussie I squad. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I guess they went one, two, and then Samantha Snyder came in third mm-hmm. um, on Saturday. I think Sunday they took the whole podium. Was that right? Was it or Sunday? I, I think yeah. it was Sunday. Oh, I'm just going to pull it wrong. up real quickly. Uh, uh, was also was cool was um, seeing uh, Sky Snyder there with her Bulls Dolman's kit. So I, yeah. got this, I got this great shot of the first lap of Crab of a Hill, like, up the corner comes like you you know women's world tour like kit like at your local crit and that's not local crit but i was like that that's pretty cool to see it is um on sunday they yeah no well they i think the australians went one two and three because becca wysick oh who's the aussie crit champion yeah yep. she um she does, she does not her, race for rock no Soap. no she but it was not. an all aussie podium right yeah yeah uh interesting in fourth place on sunday katie klaus cyclocross superstar yeah wow. how about that that's pretty cool yeah interesting we uh summer moak and um erica carney were there didn't really see much of them mm-hmm. how they had summer moak had that really like kind of early spring or mid-spring like run where just, she, she was just killing tearing it. it up yep not much uh happening uh this weekend so yeah katie klaus still a junior yeah she's yeah she's a youngster so uh, that means she's that means she's uh racing these crits on junior gearing I would assume. I guess so. Maybe yeah. maybe this is her first. Maybe she's able to race this year. Yeah, don't know her racing age, but that's interesting you say that because I was looking at my photos from Crabby Hill, and I was like, oh yeah, you can use your little ring. Um, so I I don't know if the men did this, but a lot of the women were using the little ring going up the hill, and I didn't realize I didn't even think about that until about two laps where I got dropped to put it in the little ring, and. Uh, Maybe that would help next year. Mm. I think I'm pretty good at shifting the front ring. I mean, just to save a little bit of your legs. Sure. Um, Spin it to win it. Yeah. Not something we do a whole lot of around here. No, so I know, right? So my inner ring is pretty good. Yeah. It's clean as a whistle. Uh, also noticed in the uh, 1-2 race, we saw Patton Sims off the front for uh, for a hot minute there. That was good to see. Yeah, it looks like the whole the Bellevue squad with Patton Sims... Um, Daniel Lawson, Davis Adams, and John Mooney. What's cool is they have the the, the Pro One race, and then they have the One Two race. Yep. And I mean, their both fields are maxed out, so yeah. it's cool that. So you, I mean, you know, was so like Lance Abshire um, was in the Pro One race for Strike Cycling. Nice. Um, I think he did pretty good in Oklahoma. I think he got sixth at one point. Small correction that Patton Sims, Daniel Lawson, and Davis Adams all did the Pro 1 race, not the 1-2. Sorry about that, guys. So, yeah, and also noticed in the Masters race that uh, Hunter East, who's uh, from Mississippi? Is that he's right? from Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, he is from Little Rock, but he's he's done a lot of Lamber races. He, he was at a Lamber race in Tupelo. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. He, finished, uh, he finished fourth. Former Four. national champion. Current, current, current Masters. Champ. Champ. He is I don't current know Masters Nats champ. I don't know which age group. Uh, there were two Masters Nats champs in there that I saw. Emil Abram right behind him. So interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean there was a, there wasn't a huge you know Lambra contingent there, but like I said, Velavi was there. There were some some friends of ours, bike racing friends. Uh, I met a few, a uh, couple folks while racing. Uh, there was one dude in the Cat Three race who I noticed in the live stream had a saddlebag on, and so I saw him uh, at the the next day at the start line and kind of gave him a little bit of shit about that. And we laughed. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I don't know, that that's kind of a whole Tulsa Tough experience. I mean, I know that was a mouthful and a lot, but I just thought it was worth sharing. And it's, uh, it's good stuff. It's good. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully people will, you know, crit racers out there who haven't done something like that will try and make it. I know here locally it's it's usually scheduled the same time as Tour de Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I went in 2016 was because it was not the same weekend. I saw Randy on his blog, talked about maybe, you know, trying to not do it again. I think it, I don't know, it's it's... It's cool. I yep. don't know. Well, speaking of Tour de Louisiana, I know this is a little bit out of order on the agenda, but before we jump over and start talking about some European pro racing, you mentioned Lance Abshire. I was racing against Lance Abshire's dad, Mike Abshire, <laughs> in the Tour de La on that same day that uh, that Lance was up doing Tulsa Tough. Uh, and so, yeah, let's get into some Lambro Tour de La. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I was not there. I mean, I tried to follow along on the Facebook group. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw that our, our teammate, Big Bois Boucois, mm. got third GC. Third overall in the 3-4 race. They did a combined 3-4 field this year. Then they had a 1-2-3 field. Yep. And then just a uh, Cat 5 only field. Uh, yeah, just, just to, 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 to set the stage, uh, Tour de La is a three-stage stage race, the only stage race in uh, in Lambra. Yep, only one left. Uh, there's a road race. started, there was five of them. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah. There's a road race Saturday morning, a uh, 65-mile road race for the three fours and the Masters, uh, and uh, an 80-ish mile road race for the, for the one, two, threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, our teammate Adam Stevens was second in that road race to Dan Swan, who won it. So uh, Adam was in a good spot going into the time trial. Uh, but uh, as you mentioned, Big Bois Bouquois had a fantastic time trial, yeah. leapfrogged over Adam. and Current was- uh, Lambra Cat 3 TT champion. That's right. Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Will was in third place after the time trial. So going into the final stage Sunday morning criterium in downtown Covington, uh, he was the protected rider and uh, Adam and uh, some other teammates but mainly adam i would say put in a lot of work for will will finished second in the criterium to manage to, to secure his uh, third place overall so kudos to will it was uh it was a team effort certainly uh for the two of them and and fantastic work for adam who i think was a bit disappointed not to have done better in the time trial because he was again in a really good position after mm-hmm. the road race he had borrowed a friend's time trial bike and had never really ridden it before i asked him i was like hey have you ridden this thing and he said i rode it on the trainer that mm. i don't think that really no counts it definitely doesn't much. i guess it, doesn't. it helps to make sure you've got the saddle in the right position yeah. and the fit right but in terms of the handling and the whatnots i, I can speak from experience from borrowing yeah. uh, big bois uh time trial bike Putting it on the trainer does not feel anything like when you actually get out on the road. Yeah, those thing. things are a little bit hard to handle, as we'll hear about later when we talk about a certain oh, Christopher yeah. Froome. Wow. But in any event, it's yeah, Tour de La, that, that's the way that went down uh, and, in the 3-4 and race. And, and the winner of that race was, of course, um, the Cheshire Cat 3, Dan Swan. Dan who, Swan. Uh, who is also, I believe, leading the uh, Tuesday Loops Omnium. Is that is that right? 
Well, at Tuesday Loops is now it's it's more of a point series than <laughs> than, than an omnium. Uh, I don't it's know more exactly. Of a grand tour, I think. It's like the the hype behind it this year is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good. Uh, yeah, I mean, is, is, if your weekday ride doesn't have a dedicated meme page, I mean, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's uh, it's a, come a long way, Bodie, from the from the days when when you and I, mostly you, were trying to to resuscitate Tuesday Loops. I mean, we had. You know, four or five years ago, we'd have 30, 35 people out there on the regular. Uh, things really kind of took a dive for a minute, and I'm not exactly sure what was going on with that. But uh, it's really come back with a with a vengeance this year. And, and again, yeah, it's yeah. got its own meme page, and and uh, you know, uh, we've got close to 30 guys, uh, men and women, showing up now uh, for for loops every Tuesday. So it's a little bit of an aside. Yeah. Um, the uh, we can talk about some of the results from uh, from Tour de La in the one two three. Uh, I believe the overall winner, uh, Logan McLean, was Logan McLean, who who uh, leapfrogged everyone uh, in the crit. Actually, it's it's a it's a time based, as most stage races are. Uh, Logan was a bit down on GC. Yeah, that's interesting. But but managed to to get away, which in is, the crit, which, which is, is very surprising, unusual. especially with the horsepower behind him. Yeah. But it sounds like that maybe the sport was working for Logan. Former, he used to be on that team. He's now on Lux uh, Sideshow, presented by Specialized. This is what I saw on the internet. Right, but that but he's still essentially a Le Sport homer. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah Alumni. I think, uh, so we had, I, I don't know what the GC was going into it. I think Brian Mutel was in first place GC. He uh, put down the fastest time trial. So yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume. Uh, and then who finished, but Brian ended up finishing in third yeah, Matt overall. Davis. Matt, Matt Davis, Davis him. Uh, pipped him again in the, in the criterium. So I'm not sure what happened to Brian. I had to leave before the one, two, three crit was finished. So presumably, uh, Logan soloed in for the win. In the was he off the front in the in the? He criteria? was off the front, and I think he got a good bit of help from Matt uh, to to stay away. Yeah, it looks like uh, he almost well. finished a minute ahead, over a minute ahead. Wow! Um, which you is, get some of those bonus seconds as well. Yep. Um, and also, you know, uh, yeah, with the help of La Sport, uh, looks like a lot of the Sport guys finished uh, farther down. So. Yeah, dang! Fan, right. It was a fantastic race. I raced the Masters race, uh, guys. I'm I'm proud to say that I hung with a pretty fast Masters field for the road race. Had a shit TT. Uh, those Masters I'm competing against, they've all got four or five thousand yeah, dollars TT bikes. What do you think? You know? I mean, like, I feel like I, I feel like it should be Mercs only. Yeah, I was it's three miles. Yeah, yeah right. I, I I agree with that. I think if it should be, you can only race on the bike. The one bike that you brought. I like that idea. One bike for the stage race. Yeah, that's something a good that idea. Small. It's like because it really it it makes a massive difference, and and I think it it punishes the people that can't afford a TT bike. Well, you know what the promoters or, of Tour de La would say to us about that? Mm-hmm. Say, well, when we decide to host a three stage <laughs> stage race, we can make that rule. I've I've had this thought. I've ha- I've wanted to host a stage race strictly for the fact that it would be Merck's time trial only. Yeah. All right. Well, there you uh, you I, heard I it think here that's first. A perfect idea. I think that, that's, that's going to happen. Idea. No disc wheels. Nothing. You can only have a maximum of fifty mil deep rims. So road 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 rules. Road rules. Anyway, so yeah, that was Tour de La. Fantastic race. Big mm. big uh, big group of folks racing it. 
thanks to Randy Leger, NOBC, Mignon Garin, everybody that puts that race on. A uh, lot of fun. Great to race uh, a Criterium and that downtown Covington course. It's just really fun. Number of people out. Uh, real quick before we leave it, big crash in the women's race. And mm. thank goodness uh, Christina Larson is, is okay. Uh, but she got sort of uh, run outside, had to had to had to try to dodge a, a crash in front of her, went wide, and there just wasn't enough room. She hit the curb, flew over her bars, and and right into the wall of a or right into the side of a building with a big thud. I mean, it was a high speed crash. The EMS was right on uh, right on the course. Uh, thankfully, Christina is fine, uh, and uh, yeah, that was she good was to back see. Watching the race, she uh, was back on. within an hour and a half watching watching the race. She got checked out at the hospital yeah. and just looked a lot worse, I guess, than it was. I had messaged you guys saying, "Whoa, guys, you know, keep her in your thoughts because that was a big yeah. hit." And uh, she stayed down for a while, and uh, I think it was more precautionary, I guess, than anything. They got her up and got her on the stretcher and got her in the ambulance and got her to the hospital but it was real scary to see and and christina were real just real happy that that uh, you're yeah. okay um on also on the injury front guys very sorry to report there was a feed zone accident uh in the road race chip parker's wife annette who was uh doing feed for me and chip in the masters race mm. uh got tripped up handing up a bottle to chip and went down and broke her wrist she's got to really? have surgery damn oh, yeah, dangerous in the feed zone wow anyway annette oh, you're an awesome fixture at uh at these lambert races for the urban south team and we yep. love seeing you and chip out there and, Very sorry and your whole family heal up and uh, good luck with everything we're thinking yeah. about you um, so just, you know, we, let's, let's read off the women's podium in the tour de la, uh, Emily Gass won that for two years in a row. Uh, yep. Now we need it with her new team. Uh, won it with urban South last year, uh, new newcomer to the scene. Lisa Hauser takes second and, uh, Tay Tay Van G Taylor Gorman in third, uh, an all crush podium sweep in the women's open race. There were some strong Lambert women, but they, uh, they chose to race in different categories, which is interesting. Stephanie uh, Smith, Smith, yeah, and Stephanie Jessica Smith. Jessica DeMello, I that's saw. That's right. Yeah, uh, Jessica raced, I think, in the, in the three, three fours. fours. Yeah. And then Stephanie raced in my race, uh, just destroyed me handily in every stage, as I would have expected. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun uh, racing with her. The, 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 uh, she was racing with Velovit, and, and they were working hard for her to set her up for the uh, road race and i think she finished uh fifth or sixth in the road race yeah uh and uh and 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 did well in the in the criterium as well and finished fifth overall was on the wide angle podium yeah it looks like she finished fourth and i know that she's getting fourth ready, overall sorry getting ready to uh go to boise twilight um with the uh amy d foundation That's they're, right they're, she's guest rider for them yeah they're get they're doing different women for different races so she's mm-hmm. going to boise which also has a time trial before the kristen armstrong oh. chrono and uh, stephanie smith is a time trialist she is so that former, makes sense uh, former national champion yeah so yeah not even is she not current still i don't know i can't remember when she won uh, a couple of years ago now, I think. No, I think it was last year she won. So she, I think she may be the current that Masters and, uh, National Champ. Yeah. So look for I look forward to seeing a lot of these faces uh, this coming Wednesday at Punch Train Beach Summer Series, and we'll get to that in a bit. Mm. Um, but speaking of crashes, whoa, yeah. Let's get on to some pro Euro racing and talking about a big crash that happened at the Criterium de Dolphin. Chris Froome. Blowing his nose. 
destroyed his career. Not in not the even, race. Not he racing. Was, he was he was shaking down the bike. Right. So that's what he was, he was doing. doing a co- recon. Course yeah. recon. Yeah. Course recon. Yeah. During I don't, was it how? So this is like before the, the like yeah before same day, but it was like beforehand. Same day, but like in the earlier. morning or something. Yeah. yeah. He uh, crashed and broke his femur. Oh, he broke a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but he he did break his femur. Yeah, compound fracture, I believe, of the of the femur. Wow, a compound fracture of the femur. Eight the femur. hours in surgery. The femur being the biggest bone in your body. Typically, a broken femur yeah. is normally like a broken hip. You fall hard on your on your hip and break it up near the femoral neck. Yeah. Um, but it went it, through the skin. I don't yeah. know that. Well, compound fracture. That no the uh, compound fracture compound basically means just means it's fully broken, not mm, just cracked. Yeah, uh, uh, I thought comp. Oh, well, I thought wrong. compound meant through the skin. Does uh, it? I don't know. Okay, I'm, we need some medical experts on this. So, yeah, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on no. this podcast. All right. Well, neither Ask none people. of us seem to know exactly what that means, but it sounds like it was pretty bad. And they're saying he's going to be out. He can't race for at least six months, which means his season's completely over now. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, that's fine. I don't like. He shouldn't like. Yeah, you should not even try to rush that. Um, I don't think you can. There's no physical yeah, you can't, way you can yeah, like, rush like, that. Like it, it seemed like a lot of it's like, oh, will he race? You know, like will, when will he back? When, when will he be back? It's like who cares? Like you got to heal up from that that nastiness. Look, I mean, I I know not from personal experience, but I know from the experience of 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 people that I know that have been through that sort of surgery and that kind of break that it is not a foregone conclusion that you will ever ride a bike again or you know even walk again yeah but but and much less race at it at a top level like that Uh, just breaking in here's that compound fracture is an injury in which a broken bone pierces the skin oh okay okay there it is so just put that in your head chris Froome. yeah gangly Mm. frog on a skateboard with his leg sticking through his skin yeah um so you know that is huge implications for latour yeah and possibly a huge relief for garen thomas in some in some respects. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I was thinking, you know, oh man, what does this mean for Bernal? But I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't think about the possible internal strife. I mean, also all the other Grand Tour contenders are like, all right, well, I mean, their chances of winning are, are slightly better. Yep. I think uh, as a fan, as a spectator of the sport, mm. you're, we're actually like, okay, this actually makes things probably a bit more better for us as well. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I think it's always a disappointment that n- all the big names aren't okay. there. Yeah, I mean, I can see that side of things too, but I get where you're coming from, Bodie. Absolutely, there's um, th- there's a competitive interest that that is is peaked when uh, someone who's an odds-on favorite to 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 win is is no longer there. Um, so yeah, I mean, from a from a competitive perspective, it probably does open up the number of people that you now would say are are likely to compete for mm. the win. So, mm. I mean, do you want to speak about who's likely to compete for the win, or or should should I say, what is the big news about someone who's going to be competing at Led Tour? I guess the big news, and I'm not necessarily sure that it's a complete sequitur because I'm not sure anybody other than Zach Thomas is going to say <laughs> he's competitive for the win, but uh, the big news is Wout Van Aert is going to race the tour. Yeah. Yep. Exciting news. And on the heels of that exciting news, 
Wow, wins a time trial. Yeah. Turns around and wins a sprint stage. Yeah. He beat, yeah. In the time trial, he beat uh, Tom Dumoulin by like 45 seconds, which is the nearest. Who was the closest rider to him in the time trial? Freaking TJ. TJ. Which is it's amazing. Grand Tour contender, Tej. Pretty interesting. I mean, I'm wondering when the first time Wout Van Aert ever rode a TT bike was. Uh, I know. He's, he's ridden TT bikes before. He's won TTs before, but not at World Tour level. At yeah, smaller, like small, Balois. And they're shorter. Yeah, well, like prologue. This is 33 minutes. I mean, obviously Tom Dumoulin busted his knee up, so it's not like it's you know top form Tom Dumoulin. But still, right. I mean... That was his first World Tour win. You, I mean, you probably wouldn't have put money that uh, Wout's first World Tour win was going to be a time trial and not right. a spring no. classic. Yeah. And, but then he turns around the next day, and I guess he will hit, not, maybe it wasn't a sprint stage, but he did beat a sprinter, Sam Bennett. Um, it, was a, it was classed as a sprint stage, although it was a tricky sprint. It, was an, it had an uphill um, part before the sprint. So it was, it was definitely a, um, a challenging sprint. It was people like... Well, Bosenhagen and uh, Alaphilippe Alif- was in there, wasn't Alaphilippe, he? Yeah, so it was definitely punch- yeah. a punchy sprint. I, mean, I, I think say. it was Wout, Alaphilippe, and Sam Bennett that were one, yep. two, three. Uh, yeah, I think it was Sam Bennett was second. Yeah, Alaphilippe was third. That's but, correct. But, but that means that 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 it, the sharp end of that stage yeah. at the end in, in the finale, yeah. Wout out sprinted Bennett and Alaphilippe. So, yeah. guys, uh, I mean, is Wout ruining road racing? No, <laughs> making it awesome. No, it's great, and and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that's such a so exciting. Uh, I mean, you, everybody was just like sending each other messages, and everybody's on the internet is stoked, and like he's taking advantage of the fact that MVDP is not at these races, and he can actually win something. That's what's I knew going that on. the MVDP Homer was going to bring him up. Come uh, on, you know it's true. If MDV, if MVDP was there, he would have won both of those stages, possibly. He sure, was, because by the by, you know, by, by the laws of attraction, <laughs> by the yeah, but it's, no, it's, it it's would, the laws it, of if if Wout wins a stay, <laughs> if Wout wins something, then MVDP wins is at least thirty seconds ahead of him. <laughs> okay, all right, I like that. Also, if Wout wins something, that means that Matt Van Vanderpool could have won it. Exactly, Definitely. or would have won it would if he was it. there. Yeah, I mean, so. You know, we talked about how we really love spring classics, and that's like you know, the real what, what our favorite part of the road season. And Matt, you made the comment that come come summer we'll be changing our tune a bit. And I got to say, like after the snooze fest of a Giro, yeah, um, I'm getting pretty excited for the tour. Yeah, so, with these newer developments that yeah. are sort of making it even more dynamic, interesting story. So, so, so I'm going to go full Zach Thomas here for just a moment. Okay, mm. I love it. Uh, but, but actually, I'm going to go. I'm going to go half Zach Thomas <laughs> here for a minute. You're going to pull a half Zach. Uh, Criterium de Dauphiné is is often a, a predictor race for the tour. Yep. Okay. Wout's doing well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are jumping on the Wout bandwagon. Wout's mm-hmm. going to win the tour. I don't know about that kind of talk. But right. Wout yeah. is in no. the what? Not win the tour. Wout is in the green jersey in the Dauphiné, which is yep. best Sprinters. young rider. No, no, no best no. young rider. Green white jersey is the best young rider. He's in both. He's in the white jersey and he's the green the white, jersey. The green is points. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. He, actually, he's not in the green jersey anymore. He's not. Yeah, he is. He's still in. He is still. He's by, got by a. Pretty good country mile. He's still in the sprinter. I, I apologize. Yep. He's also in the in the white jersey yep. uh, as best young rider. My question to you guys, or my suggestion to you guys, maybe Wout's competitive for the white jersey in the tour. Maybe. Mm. 
I don't know. The Tourmalet and, and so, you know, there's going to be some big mountain finishes. He's not going to be competitive in those. I, I think the white jersey is going to go to uh, somebody who, who, can, who can hang on through the mountains. That's my, my thoughts. Okay. I'd just yeah. throw it out there. He could be a green jersey contender against Sagan. Well, that's and, a possibility. And Sam Bennett? And yeah, well, or what is Sam? I guess he'll be working for Sagan, Sagan. if he's there. Yeah, he might not be going. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so just I, just check in. Wow is leading the green jersey, and uh, he's not. He's no longer in the. Oh, uh, he jersey. lost the white jersey. Yep. Bjorg Lambrecht. Brant Lambrecht. Uh, yep, that dude with the 1990s sunglasses, the tiny guy with the really weird sunglasses, mm. um, is leading that. So it was a tough stage today. A lot of lot of hills. Yeah, so just let's just touch on the fact that uh, Ella Philippe won a stage today. Yep. So uh, I don't even know who's who's leading that race. Is it Adam Yates still? Yes, so Adam it, Yates is still leading. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, did I, well in the time trial. Did a really good TT. I haven't watched any of it except uh, uh, Wout winning that sprint. I don't even know what kind of race this is. This is a stage race. How many stages are there? Finishes eight uh, stages, I believe. Yeah, I think it's eight stages for Dauphiné. And then, yeah. of course, tomorrow is the other lead-up race, the Tour de Suisse starts, uh, which is the one that Garrett Thomas and Egan Bernal are going to be in. So, it'll be interesting to see what their form looks the, like. The the other uh, Le Tour predictor race. Yes. Often. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the Dauphiné tends to be the primary tour predictor race, but uh, who knows? When is the Terreno Adriatica race? That's in the that, spring. That was in the spring. Oh, that's already happened. Yeah, that was okay. ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, but that also happens at the same time as another stage race, which is nice. Paris Nice. Paris Nice. I'm yeah. sorry. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I, knew there were, I knew it was paired with another yeah. early season race. So, I just wanted to. Uh, touch a bit on and just briefly about the Giro uh, Chad Haga winning that final TT and, yeah. and, and what is interesting to me is more than that he's American is that he's from Texas mm-hmm. he's a he's an Aggie yeah. um, which we have friends who are from Texas and who went to Texas A&M uh, I, I think of um, Wes and I also think of Charlie Thomas of Bike Law um, Texas A&M mm-hmm. so collegiate cyclists so just want to really you know highlight that again um listening to some podcasts I, I learned that his, his father had passed away recently and mm-hmm. i didn't really know i knew that chad Haga chad Haga has done well or been in breaks in grand tours before he's kind of you know he's he's had a little bit of success um didn't realize that he almost you know quit bike racing to uh take take a career and his father was just like no man like the, the desk job will be there uh, later, like, you know, go after the spike racing thing. And, uh, you know, Chad Hager was one of the guys that was caught up in that horrific crash yep. uh, with, with, I guess it was Giant Shimano back then. Um, yeah. With, with Devin the... Kolb. And um, he, you can see he's got a he's got a giant scar on his face. Him and, him and Degen Kolb really took the, the, the worst of that. And it, it, yeah, exactly. He has a scar that comes down his face and onto his neck and everything. So, yeah. So just, yeah. just once, I don't know, just that, that was super cool to see that. And uh, you, Matt, you shared a video that I think Sunweb, uh, put out uh, about that, and that was really cool. Yeah, so. I I did not cry at all while watching <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I haven't watched the EF uh, Gone Racing Dirty Kansas video yet, so it's out. Is it out? I, yeah. yeah, I didn't I'm, realize. I'm excited to check that out. I'm hopefully hopefully I make it into it uh, in the background. Mm. Uh, speaking of me making it into things, <laughs> um, yeah. 
just hopefully Ta- Townsend, you've seen my little Yeah, You Right Instagram story. Oh, yeah. You made it into the <laughs> background shot of a staged photo of Sven Nice and uh, who was it? It's wow. Tune, isn't it? Yeah, Tune Arts. Tune's yeah. contract, yeah. Co- contract yes. handshake, and you're in the background. So like. yeah, it's in front of, I guess, a, <laughs> a, a, a backdrop photo that they've put up there to make it look like they're at a uh, cross race. And uh, Bodie, literally, you are front and center, right in the middle <laughs> yeah, of it. What's funny is that because the reason right why in the middle of that handshake, <laughs> the reason why I'm yeah he. Uh, uh, you brokered that deal, right? <laughs> yeah, Tune is standing in front of himself. <laughs> Um, and the reason I'm in that position was because at that race, wow, is there a wedding going on next door? They're just bells are ringing to welcome you back to the podcast, Bodie. I think, I think um, it's bell ringing practice going on right now. <laughs> the reason I'm in that photo is because I was not giving the finish line bib uh, for the media because I just don't have a you know a good contract yet or a, a client. So anybody wants to give me a. Uh, so I had the yellow bib, which meant I couldn't be at the finish line, but so he had finished and he was holding his bike up over his head and I was sneaking down to get closer and, and that was, that was my move. So shout out to Ethan Gladding, um, for pointing that out on Instagram. Uh, nice. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. You, you basically have won the internet this week, Bodie, cause you got two shout outs from Frankie on, uh, on the feed from Tulsa Tough and you got in, uh, in, in Sven's, uh, yeah instagram yeah so yeah we're talking about who wins the podcast obviously i won yes i think these bells are announcing my <laughs> my my championship yeah um this is the bell lap of the podcast right now guys we've also got the the ovo women's tour going on now in england yep it's uh we've got one stage to go tomorrow is the last stage uh lizzie dignan won today she did uh she had her and lisa uh Elisa Longo Borghini uh, of of the same team, Trek Sigafredo, and uh, Kashinu Adoma got away from everybody. And uh, and basically, I think Longo Borghini really worked super hard for her to uh, to give Lizzie. Lizzie's the best sprinter of the three of them, so it was kind of as long as she could hang in there. I think that was a thing. So that's kind of. I mean, she's coming back this season. This is her first, this is her biggest result definitely so far of the season. She's going to take a little break. And she's going to be all in for the World Championships, which goes through her hometown in in Yorkshire. So that's her um, massive target for her, and she's looking really good. So there's one stage left in yep. the, in this this tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, you and I were talking beforehand. Some photos of Lizzie Dignan in that race was wearing an interesting jersey that I couldn't figure out what it was all about, but you knew it was a British cycling jersey but it wasn't the british national champs jersey because she's not the british national road champ right now no she's not um it was for the best british rider in that race best placed british rider rider in the race yeah so that was that was the jersey she was wearing of course now she's she'll be wearing the overall leaders jersey tomorrow and is that something that they do for every country in this race or just because the race is in the uk the best placed british rider gets a special jersey they do that they do it the same thing i think they do the same thing for the tour de yorkshire and uh, probably for the Tour of Britain as well. They'd like have like a special prize for that. Um, big shout out to Drops team who um, got dropped by Trek last yeah, year. They're still and, around. And they're still around. Uh, they had a real struggle. Um, Cannondale came on and saved them as a bike sponsor. And then they thought they had a deal with another co-sponsor bes- be, uh, besides Drops. 
that fell through. Uh, they did a crowdfunding thing and they've managed to keep going. They've been, they posted an all British team at the race. Uh, one of their very young riders, um, Abby May Parkinson got in the break solo break, uh, in, uh, in the first stage and held everybody off till like, you know, about two K to go really strong ride by her. She's one to watch for the future. She's still fairly well, highly placed on GC, I think in the, in the race, if I'm not Possibly, mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, the other thing that was interesting was stage three was, uh, if you guys remember the, um, British cyclocross championships was held at that bike park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also has a two and a half K road circuit and they did a circuit race around there, uh, which was like, um, something like 25 laps of that, of that circuit. So it was a shorter stage, but a circuit race, very fast, very, uh, very active and a lot of, a bunch of, uh, intermediate sprint points in it, which, uh, which kind of made it, you know, sort of exciting. It's, yeah. A little more exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I think they say everybody seemed to kind of appreciate it. There was like, they were like, yeah, it's a new format and it's interesting. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that kind of thing, I think yeah. coming up in races. I think so too. I mean, you've got to find a way to market the sport that's, uh, people can watch and get eyeballs on and, and, and that way we can get like equal coverage and, uh, circuit races and things like the hammer series and, you know, I think are, are kind of the future at this pro level. I I'm glad to see that the, the steep hill has a bunch of, there's like a bunch of highlights packages of each stage. I wish steep hill mm-hmm. would do the same thing they do to other tours where it lists each stage and the results, but I can't quite pull that up, but I've got a bunch of stuff to catch up on the Ovo energy tours. I'm looking forward I to that. I think you got check, check flow bikes. I think flow they've bikes got has, uh, has stuff. got the 45 minute. Uh, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's got interviews and highlights, but it's not getting updated every day, which is a little bit disappointing. It took till Wednesday and then suddenly there were three and I'm still waiting for the rest. So but good stuff. So speaking of British riders, um, a, British writer announced her retirement mm. this week. Uh, Nikki Bramier. Cross news. Yeah. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. She's done. Um, and, and that made me think about the fact that, um, Betsima's B sample came back also positive. So bye bye burger time. Yeah. Um, which means that Nikki Bramier did win, uh, Coxider. Yeah. So as, there she, you go. as she boldly complained, <laughs> as she claimed, well, she proclaimed. So, uh, Bramier 15 year career. Um, kind of bummed to see her go out i mean i mean obviously she's still at the at the top of her at the top of her form i mean she's yeah this matches mentioned winning winning races yeah Yeah. and and she's current british champion she wants to have a kid wants to have a family so deciding that she doesn't like the that it would you know the coming back is obviously a challenge you know Mm -hmm. uh, the changes your body goes through and that she would rather just go out on top and uh choose when she quits so kudos to her um, we'll miss her in the races, um, but there's definitely a good crop of young British women coming up. Definitely. That will be, uh, you know, chomping at, at the Belgians' feet. Actually, no, not really at the Belgians' feet in women's. Well, cycling. only Santa Can. Yeah, only Santa Can. Yeah. Santa Can's feet. Um, yes. So that's interesting, though, and that kind of brings me to uh, the news we got about uh, Chris Froome. Yeah. I don't know how we forgot that a little bit earlier on. So this is funny. On Twitter, I saw that uh, Bill Shikin, CX Hairs, posted, you know, uh, Chris Froome breaks his femur and wins a Grand Tour in the same same day. Um, it was the day after, but I think, you know, imagine like you wake up from eight <laughs> hours of surgery and get told that you've won a Grand Tour. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? How long have I been under? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so he wakes up and, and he's in, he's, he's in, uh, he, he, he went under and he was wearing your typical sort of light blue hospital gown. He woke up, he was wearing a red hospital gown. Yeah. 
I said, what is this? Said, well, so, so won the, the new, red jersey. The, the news being that, uh, I don't actually know, uh, is it Sebastian Kobo? Or, uh, no, JJ. JJ Kobo. JJ Kobo. This is 2011. Yeah, The 2011, 2011 Vuelta. Yes. So I don't understand why this is coming out now. They're retesting things? I think they found new techniques for testing the samples. They had ah, massive suspicions about him. Yeah. Of which, would, you know, for very good reasons. And, uh, and I think they've been able to retest those samples and, and yeah, say, dude, you're out of there. Do, yeah. you, do you know what I noticed uh, in the news article about this they had a archival photo of the 2011 giro final podium which was kobo wait, wait, the, no the uh, vuelta. vuelta 2011 vuelta final mm-hmm. podium i'm sorry i don't even know what i said i meant to say vuelta uh kobo yes uh Froome in second i know what you're gonna say wiggins in third yeah yeah it was backwards yeah podium i saw was that backwards. too yeah i was confused about that yeah because I, I thought oh wait a minute boy chris Froome looks a lot like bradley wiggins in the shot i was like wait a minute that is bradley wiggins he finished in third but he's in the second place spot on the podium now there may be an answer to that photo because the vuelta much like the tour de france does has an open podium with no back, so they may have been turned around to face the other way at that point. That's uh, the only excuse I can think of. Okay. But yeah, that is... Uh, but it is interesting. I did not remember... Well, I just... Maybe just, it's too much too much racing to, you know, mm-hmm. three grand tours every year and all the classics, et cetera, et cetera. This is eight years ago. But I didn't remember Froome and Wiggins finishing on the podium of the, of the Giro together. Wiggins was leading it for a while. Yeah. Uh, after the time trial, Wiggins was leading it. Um, but... The, on the last day, I think it was the Angleroo, and Kobo won the stage, and Froome finished second. Wiggins cracked a bit and actually dropped about a minute. Behind. Well, that had to have been one of Froome's first really big Grand Tour results. Yes, it yeah. was. Okay. So that's and in, now it turns out he won it. You, you look at the podium. I'm looking at this podium photo, and Kobo is comparably bigger. Yes. Than <laughs> he uh, looks Wiggins, jacked up. <laughs> Wiggins well, and Froome. And so 2011, I'm trying to remember uh, who won the Tour that year. Uh, well, that would have been the year before Wiggins won it. Yep. So that would have been... Was that, that wasn't Cuddles, was it? Would that have been either maybe Cadell or maybe... That might. Was I that a that Contador? I think that was Cuddles. Because cut, the Cuddles tour is is is, is my... Uh, first, is that your first tour? That's my first tour. That's, that's when I started paying attention to cycling was the Cuddles tour. 2011 I think so because wow. yeah. they're because they're, they're both in their new there's new sky kits uh, Chris Room is skinny you see other yeah they're in the Adidas sky kit there not the Rafa sky kit yes 2011 Cadell Evans Andy Schleck Frank yeah. Schleck was the was the yeah was the tour ah the days of the Schlecks <laughs> it's so it's what's interesting is how high uh, Wigan's socks are and actually Kobo's wow I am surprised 2011 uh, that's a 2011 kit that Kobo has on, but he has 2019 socks on. Interesting, and they're black. Yeah. So, um, well, I don't know if you saw George Bennett's uh, Twitter feed kind of blew up after he commented on this. He said he was on a plane in 2012, sitting next to uh, what he described as a fat movie star mechanic, who he then discovered was the 2011 winner of the Vuelta. Yeah, I and saw apparently that. he got a lot of flack for that. Uh, for I that thought tweet. he was talking about uh, the gummy bear. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Betancourt. I thought maybe Betancourt had won a stage of the Dauphiné, and that was uh, 
Yeah, so, okay, the, the reason I bring this up is because Bakamolama did the same thing that Nikki Bramier did and mm. was cheersing to a photo on Twitter of him saying, I made my first Grand Tour podium because he finished in fourth at the 2011 Vuelta. Yeah, wow, so, Bakamolama yeah. was... Uh, it, was right up there. Yeah. So an interesting sort of circle of things that all happened in the cycling uh, world uh, this last week. So... Anyway, I think that's enough for the pro stuff. Yeah, I was um, going to say, you were talking about burger time. That makes me think of burgers. That makes me think about dinner. That makes me realize I'm hungry. Mm. So I feel like we should move on from European racing and wrap this podcast up with a little bit of talk about the upcoming Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series. Yeah, so it's it's back. It's hard to believe it's here. It's next week, Townsend. Um, we, we're pretty much ready to go. Um, yeah, we, we kind of got this handled. Sort got of just, this is really just like the fifth race from last year, really. We're just, we're just, you still got the box packed up. Yeah. Just got to throw it in the car, get mm. the tent out. Yeah, I was uh, pulled out the old jerseys. Yeah. Uh, we're doing, we're once again going to do a award the winner of the uh, Women's Open and the one, two, three, four race. A there's going to be a series leader jersey and there will be a series winner jersey. We just gave finally uh, our series champ jerseys to Emily Gass and Sam LeBlanc. Um, we're doing that again. We've got uh, Sir Cheerio might be gracing the microphone as our new race caller. I yep. love this idea. I really do love this idea. <laughs> We're going to try and bring in a few um, guest hosts to kind of help them out great. and work in some new people uh, to that, race calling. That sounds awesome. I would like to, I'd like to actually, anybody who's interested in guest presenting a race with me, I would love to have that so we can have some back and forth. Yeah, and, I was uh, hoping to get uh, Emily to, old Pizza Boss, to jump on the mic with you for the last race, and she'll be running. She's the she's actually the Reg Boss for us. Yeah, we're going to mm. call her the Reg Coordinator for the whole series. Um, Reg Coordinator. So we'll hopefully get her. I think Elise Bahasa has, has is, 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 awesome. uh, yeah. wanted to jump in. The, so. the one-armed race caller. One-armed race caller. So yeah, we're we're doing it's the same setup, guys. We got the same course. Um, this, we're gonna it's the same schedule, uh, same prices. Um, please pre-register. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna bring in a food truck this year. We're gonna try. Yes. Yep. Uh, I think we're gonna bring in. My I've kids gotten, will appreciate that. Recently, gotten some news that I think we're actually gonna have a uh, pace car this year from uh, Porsche of New Orleans. Oh. Uh, we tried to do that last year, but it just didn't work out. But it looks like uh, that. Porsche has a new general manager this year that's really behind the idea and is going to try to... It was a manpower issue, really, with them last year. They didn't have anybody to bring a vehicle out to the course. Uh, but I think they're going to be out there. They're sponsoring our... We need a uh, GoPro in the back of the, on the back of the yeah. Porsche. They're sponsoring the, uh, the, the Open 1-2-3-4 race. Uh, Massey's is back again this year as a sponsor, not just a prize sponsor, but they're actually a race sponsor as well this year. They upped their sponsorship. Uh, so they are going to be back again with a vengeance this year with some hot prizes. We learned a lot last year about the, the sorts of prizes that people wanted. And Massey's has been super, super cool about working with us this year and getting some feedback from last year. So all the prizes that everybody really, really liked last year, we're sort of like doubling up on those. Nice. Uh, and... Um, they're going to have a uh, truck out there this year with uh, uh, some tools and a work stand and a tent so that uh, people can do their wow, own sort awesome. of quick mechanic work yeah. on their bikes. Uh, and uh, Bike Law Louisiana is, again, sponsoring our first race of the evening. So thank you to Bike Law Louisiana, Charlie Sweet. Thomas. Uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're all set uh, for for the race and registration is obviously open. Pre reg is going to close. I think Monday night is when it closes. But yeah, I mean, 
It's a tight schedule, as everybody who came out last year knows. It really does help to pre-register. So please, guys, I mean, I know that a lot of people want to wait to the last minute. Uh, a lot of people want to wait and just register on site. You do save mm-hmm. a lot of money to pre-register for yeah. this race. I mean, and, I think it, and it, it helps almost every, half price. It helps everybody it. out, right? It, it's like, yeah, Townsend and Bodie. It's like it really, you know, these guys put helps in the officials out. We got, we get, we, you're in the start list. You're right away. You got your number. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna do it where it's like if you're pre-reg, you come in, take your number, sign, gone. If if you got to, you know bust out your card and you got to you know pay some cash you're going to be in the slow line so let's just let's yeah. pre-reg let's yeah, more it. time for you to warm up as a racer right exactly you know, don't, don't worry up. about Less sitting stress. there spending 20 minutes standing in line to register get it done it's it's easy it's a no-brainer less stress less money you're helping out the people organizing the race you're helping out the officials who are officiating the race yeah everybody's everybody wins and i mean you know look you're going to get your same number um all all series so yeah yeah so Looking forward to that. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of jealous. You know, I wish I kind of want to ride my bike to the lakefront and fucking pin on number and do a race. But uh, happy to make this happen. And uh, thinking about maybe jumping into a race later on if things are kind of we got everything smoothed out. I might mm-hmm. jump in uh, maybe the last week or something. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, guys, been great talking to you. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's uh, I can feel the energy in the room right now. It's uh, it's it's great to have you back, Bodie. It's great to hear about Tulsa. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like we brought some some real news, um, and uh, and we'll be bringing plenty more because we're we're running up to the to the tour. Um, I'm excited about it, and I feel like we're gonna bring our unique and sometimes awkward perspective <laughs> to, to the to the tour coverage this year. So, yeah. guys, stay tuned. We're going to have some – we're going to be bringing some special stuff. I don't know what it is. We haven't talked okay. about it yet. Oh, are you surprising but, us with a trip to France? But there's going to be something going to be something special happening. Speaking of the tour, I'm hoping to have a little announcement uh, around a tour-related thing on the next podcast. Okay. okay. Also, we should probably get a Velo Games League up and Absolutely. Uh, get that fired up yep. for some cheeses. Yep. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, actually, are, are there is there going to be a Velo Games uh, tour league? Oh, this year? we might have to or do. We're going to have to do crappy league. Well, I mean, in other least, words, are they going to be able to do what they did with? Uh, no, they aren't no, going to be able gonna to be, do what they it's did. It's going to be ASO. So I think we're going to have to do the ASO Velo, whatever, whatever their league. All right, Velon, so we'll, the Velon League. The Velon is it the Velon League? Well, we'll have to get. Let's get ready. So in we're going to look that. into that. Yeah, and let we, you all know. Let's didn't, get that ready. Didn't really care for the Velon League. It was had some interesting even, stuff. I didn't but try it out. I, I didn't even do it. Yeah, yeah. I did it. Uh, too many, too many swaps. Too many changes. You can make all kinds of weird changes. It's well, not, all right. Well, I mean, we'll that might, that might, it might be fun. Well, yeah, we'll check it out. We'll see. We'll check it out. You know, throw a little dimp on it. See, see what we can make it. So, all right. Well, Townsend, why don't you start it off with the sign-offs? All right. Well, good night, everyone. This is the T-Bone. I want to encourage everyone to take a look at the Peloton Magazine Tour de France preview official race guide. Peloton Magazine was chosen as the Tour de France official race guide. If you're a Peloton Magazine subscriber, you will have already gotten your issue uh, in the mail. Townsend's pulling it out of his uh, executive briefcase right now. It is uh, the Tour de France official guide. It has uh, routes for for each and every stage. It has highlights of... uh, It's got a page for each of the teams big feature uh, on chris Froome as a favorite I so <laughs> uh i don't know if uh if you subscribe 
you will have gotten it. If you don't, I'm sure you can find it somewhere at your local uh, newsstand. I believe uh, Barnes & Noble uh, stocks. I believe, uh, believe they do. So, stock, yeah, stocks, yeah, I would encourage you to grab this because it's going to be an invaluable resource for you to follow along uh, with uh, La Tour de France this year. So kudos to Peloton Magazine, their first year doing this. And, and I personally think that they have outdone themselves with their uh, official is guide this year. Is that Primo's show. in there? Yeah. It is. Okay. It is Primo's. I don't think that he's going to the tour, is he? I don't know. Uh, I think it's Kreisweik is going to be their main guy. And, uh, of course, you know, Wout obviously is the favorite now yeah. to win. Yeah, Wout is the favorite uh, to win. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Well, this is Sir Cheerio, and I just want to say um, I'm pretty jazzed actually about doing some a little bit of emceeing at the uh, Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series. And you may be wondering, well, DJ Radmel, Sir Cheerio, if you're going to be emceeing, who's going to be DJing? I was wondering this. Well, like I did last year, I've already been working on my first nice sweet summer sunset mix. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, once again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you just you know, shoot us an email over at yayurad at gmail.com. We're sliding to, slide into our DMs um, at yayurad on Instagram. I want to give a shout out to Mike McGowan for trading me a beer at Lambert Crit Champs. And yes, uh, two and a half, three weeks later, I'm finally drinking it. It's a New Belgium passion fruit Kolsch. Not quite a Urban South beer, but um, it's fueling the podcast tonight. So, yeah, that's it. Good night, and thanks for all the fish. talk about that okay mm. all right all okay. right well hey 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 hey